Hello and welcome back to another late episode of The Back Pocket, the one podcast that dares to ask, is umpiring a bit shit this year? <laughs> Weak, but it's fine. <laughs> we've had uh, tribunals, we've had people getting suspended that we didn't think would, people not getting enough weeks suspended, flying elbows all round, they're not suspendable though. And the continued protection of every Richmond player. Oh, it's good. It, oh, no, I, Marlon Pickett went down. Oh yeah, he goes down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, whew, it's been a time. Uh... I'm ready to get into it. We're late again. What a shock. Uh, Who are you? Oh, I'm Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> we got him, boys. He's here. Uh, I am Jack, and I'm joined, as always, by Alistair, ready I'm to talk here. about all things defence uh, from the last week of footy. That's us. That's what we do. Uh, and because you did the intro, I will start with my first vote, which I closed my app, which has my notes on it, professionalism. Uh, controversial pick. Mm. Controversial one. All right. Uh, Houston. All right. Yeah. Uh, he played a bit all over the park. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a tough one because I usually wouldn't give votes to someone who has played outside of the D50 as much as he did. Um, but his turnover game was crazy. Um, I know they got pumped, but he never stopped trying. Um, and I think we've underrated him a little bit. I know the competition wide, everyone's been into it, but, uh, I think we, Maybe just haven't given him the plaudits he deserved. And yeah, a one vote yeah. for him. He, he did play a good game. One. I think in that second quarter where they came right back into it, he was influential. Yeah. Um, and they all kind of got pumped after that. It was a bit hard for anyone to do much more. But yeah, he, he has had a really good year. Um, he's had a few years where he's promised to do this mm-hmm. and, and not followed through. I think he's been really consistent this year. Yeah, him. it'll happen in one or two games in years prior. But yeah. this, this year especially, I've... Well, it's it's a shame because Port have been up and down, but he's been in every game, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and I think because they've been so up and down is why the players like your Zorko early in the year and McDonald for North as well, but um, your Brayshaws especially and your Jats have got those votes where he would like playing that same yeah, role. Yeah, no, 100%. Those teams are winning games and they seem like they're having more of an effect. But no, I, I do get that. Uh, my one vote uh, this week went to Callum Wilkie. Okay, Interesting. Might, maybe should have got more votes. I shuffled maybe my should entire have got top more five votes, around I would several say. times. I think it was... He maybe should have got more votes earlier in the year. Yes. I just... Adelaide should have been a soft kill for St Kilda in that, and they weren't. Um, I think he's been really good. Their whole backline's functioned really well this it has. year. Um, which is something that I think a lot of people are really critical of. And they've got names down there that aren't big names doing really good jobs. Um, so yeah, my one vote was Kalamuki. I'm sure we can come round to him later. Yeah, we'll talk about him a little um, bit later. But yeah, another really good game from him on the weekend. Uh, and I think he gave Tex COVID because he's not playing this week. Good. <laughs> uh, two votes for me goes to James Sicily. I do not have to say a lot about James Special Sicily. Special mention for me, but yeah, another really um, good game. He had 11 intercepts. He had 24 disposals. 95% of which are in the back half. He had one just outside forward 50, which is why he doesn't get more than two votes. Yeah. Um, but basically, like I said with Houston, he never stopped trying. And that's part of the main reason that they were entirely in that game. Um, and they never stopped trying. And I feel like he's been pretty endemic of that yeah. this year for them. This um, seems harsh for me, but the reason he was a special mention and not a vote for me was because of that first quarter where he just kind of wasn't there. Um and I know he came back into the game and he was a big reason they came back into the game, but that was why he sat just outside, I think, the votes for me. I think a player can have a bad quarter and make up for it, and I will talk about that a little bit later in my votes, but I think that's a, yeah. a thing. I oh, think absolutely. you can I think impact in another week enough. he would have got votes, yeah. but that was why I got the other players in ahead of him. Fair week. enough. I think we'll be a little different this week, actually, which is good. 
Yeah, my two votes, uh, again, from St Kilda was Jack Sinclair. Yep, absolutely What fair. a season he's having. I think we've said a lot about him already, even in weeks he hasn't gotten votes. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, the games he's played this year, to be combined the... I think he had something like six rebounds and five inside 50s, which is insane. Like, that's just a, a ridiculous game. It's a balance. Um, he's just playing so well. He's reading the reading the play superbly. Like He it's seems the power to the be mullet. everywhere. It's the power of the mullet. If he cuts it yeah. off, he's cooked. He absolutely, it'll be delicious. Uh, like that you remember when we were in text, cut his mullet off originally and then did his knee immediately? Yeah. That will happen to yeah. Jack Sinclair if he does something like that. Um, but yeah, that was my two votes. Just another great rolling performance from He's, him. He, he really carries that team on his back when he plays well. Very good this year. Uh, so my three votes, uh, <clears throat> you're not going to be shocked by this. Sam Collins is getting three votes from me. <sighs> yeah. I don't care what Bevo said. Uh, Sam Collins is, in my opinion... The best one-on-one defender in the league. I, I don't had, care. I had such a turnabout this weekend in like things I anticipated happening. So I saw Bevo's complaints about the mm-hmm. Sam Collins thing. And then I saw um, about Damian Barrett and uh, Matthew Lloyd talking about the treatment of a star dog. And I thought it was just going to be Bevo doing his weird gush over Bontempelli stuff he does almost every single week. And then when I saw that it was them being like, Sam Collins is great, Bevo's complaining about nothing, I was like, oh! It's exactly what I need to That's see. nice. Like, that's it's, really nice. I, I have not seen much media about Sam, Sam Collins. Sam Collins is playing insane football. He's a star. And not he, in like not in like your normal star terms. The only reason he didn't get a vote from me this week was purely because I was like, am I just favouring Sam Collins now? Because... Nah. His football this year has been very, very good. His, if you look at the one percenters, mm-hmm. the key defenders, he's right up there. Contested one-on-ones, I think it's Stephen May that's better than him, but yeah. Melbourne have a much better team defence to make those entries better for him. Definitely. And um, he's not facing as many entries. Yeah. Oh, I think, he's facing more. Um, as well, May. I don't know if you're going to bring it up after this. I'm sure you won't. But uh, Lemons was with him on the weekend and having a fantastic game. Uh, their backline unit functioned really. It was the reason they were mm-hmm. in that game until so late, um, which the ending of which was insane that Bulldogs kicked away to the point that it seemed like they would have been, you know, fit, Gold Coast were finished a few times and Gold Coast just kicked those few goals to get back into it. and um, It was an entertaining entertaining match. They're just staying in games, which is what they need to do. Yeah, and their run home, we've talked about this um, before, but their run home's really good. Like, their chance of making the eight this year with the teams they've got left to play is very mm. high. And I'd, I'd, I'd love, love to see to it. it. Um, especially they could be one of those teams that sneaks into eighth and then pinches that first final, like, doesn't matter if you lose the semi after that. Yeah, absolutely. You pinch that first one, it's great. The uh, the scenes of Gold Coast winning their first final, the think players will be pumped. Uh, my three votes went to De Koning. Fair enough. Um, to, again, be given that role where Blixarth had to ruck again because Stanley was out. He was the lone tall defender against a port forward line that in the last four weeks had been firing. Mm-hmm. Like they had been dominating. And He's outside of... on uh, Marshall, wasn't he? Uh, he was. Well, he rotated between the two. Um, Georgiades and, and Marshall, but the other than a couple of goals early and the freak one, Finlayson had drop out of Stewart's hands and he snapped from the pocket. Their tools were just completely nullified. Yeah, and his intercepting was great and his spoiling was great, and it was just another one of those games where it was just incredible. Um, and then you take the bonus points of like back in the day, a coach would have been like, "We also accidentally took Marshall off for five minutes with the blood rule because he fell into your foot," um, which which would have helped for a bit too. But once again, playing. Really good footy, uh, well beyond his years, and he's just doing a really good job. He's uh, his rise from, oh, is this kid going to go okay in defence this year to literally a lock is uh, really impressive. Yeah. I think we've already said a, a lot about De Koning, so um, 
we'll see. I'm interested to see how he finishes up towards the end of the year because I think each week he's getting votes from at least yeah. one, if not both of us. So. Um, and I remember early in the year, Chris Scott saying that like because he's a kid, he will have week three falters, but they're going to back him in every week. Mm-hmm. But so far, they haven't needed to make no. that excuse. Like he's just been a AFL level key defender every week. And I do wonder if, and I've, I remember it happening with uh, Tom DeConney in his first season mm. or two, whether he does get rested, maybe when Henry's back, maybe they give him a week or two Especially with closer, Blitzars if they, down if back. If they do think they're going to make a punch at finals, like mm-hmm. if they're a chance of making top four, then surely you have to rest him for a bit because you don't want a kid coming in in his first full year of footy and just playing a full 22 game. So that is yeah. a lot of pressure. No, 100%. Um, uh, I think he did miss a week earlier with a, a cork or something as well, which, which would have helped a bit. Oh, for sure. In terms of rest, but um, so my four, you've already mentioned him, uh, Wilkie. Callum Wilkie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't really need to say much more. He's been a rock down there for them. He and Howard are the quiet achievers of the yeah. AFL. Yeah. I think. Um, St Kilda's got a pretty good um, defending score, especially considering the amount of inside fifties they concede. Wilkie just incredible. Footy at the well, watching his highlights, especially because I've seen a couple of AFL shows actually highlight him this week, which has been nice. Uh, his highlights were great mm. under pressure. Did not panic. I think he's been fantastic for them. And, uh, yeah, I had to give him a high vote because I don't think we've really appreciated him as much as we have should have this year. Yeah, I think he's also deceptively strong is something I've noticed. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look like a power defender. But no, he, really he does is. not. Like, he, he looks a bit like a nugget. <laughs> yeah, he takes some key forwards and he outmuscles them, um, which is just super impressive. He's, um, it's it's going to be a really hard uh, All-Australian team to pick this year, I think. I think the defence is the hardest part. all around the ground. Yeah, yeah the back line, you look at the back flanks... It's going to be super hard. Um, Wingers are killing it and no one's going to get picked. No, nope, none of them are going to get in. Uh, the forwards are all doing really well and only keys are going to get in and then mm-hmm. some midfielders. Probably going to pick three keys even though uh, yeah, no and one Yeah, and there's probably four keys. or five worth picking. It's yeah. insane. Um, but yeah, no, that's a, a absolutely valid four votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my four went to Weedering. Absolutely um, understand. I think he's done... A lot of people who've monstered Buddy this year have gotten the extra votes. Yeah. Um, but he also played a really great role outside of the Buddy role. Mm-hmm. Um, just those... Knowing when to leave a player and leave a player as dangerous as that yeah. to go and impact another contest was really the difference in the end in that game. Like, Sydney came back hard and without his second half, they probably rolled Carlton. Um, I think they would have. Um, and I saw an interview with him. They were talking about their... Uh, favorite indigenous players or um you know who which indigenous player inspired them the most and he mentioned jones and i think he's had to fill both roles this year yes obviously lewis young has done his role but i think weedering has balanced or eventually gotten to the balance where he can defend one-on-one completely uh and then also leave his man um he did to buddy a couple of times unfortunately buddy got a goal off of him somewhere in like the first quarter or second quarter. Um, his second goal later in the game was on the run, so you don't really count that one. But I think he's kind of really mastered that balance, which is important. I think there's been a lot of games this year where he has given up that one goal from doing it, but the number of goals he saved from doing it has been worth it. I think the yeah. Hawthorne game is a really good example because in that last quarter, they had the goal that they kicked from him doing it, mm-hmm. but then minutes later, he, he saved, saved a goal it. doing it. Yeah. So you you give him the benefit of the doubt the times he gives them away because of you probably forget more of the ones he saves than the ones yeah. he costs. Yeah, and I think that um it's been very important late in games. Like, I think there's been four games Carlton have been close to losing this year, and I think because of him in each one, they've won. Yep. So uh, this was that was your vote, not mine. So I don't know why I was talking the longest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
So you did four, I do five, weedering. Don't need yep. to say anymore. That, I think that's why you're talking so long. My five um, surprise packet also got suspended this week was Mason Redmond. Oh, I really wanted to give Redmond votes. He I really was did. Insanely good. I mean, maybe he should be angry more often. I'm not sure what happened there, but his um, intercepts were incredible. Mason Redmond's been good. Running all game was year. incredible. He had a ridiculous amount of meters gained, his highest career disposals, and elbowed someone in the face all, all in one game. Um, um, you can see it in his face. Each game he's played this year, he has cared. Yes. And he should probably be their captain. No disrespect to Dyson Heppel. I think he does a good job of getting the team together. Um, I've seen some of his post-match stuff in the rooms, and I think he's really good at being a people person. Yeah. Um, but I think Mason Redmond flies the flag Redmond and has hasn't stopped. Absolute heart and soul. Absolutely. Um, his year, and we used to talk about him before, saying he was a really enjoyable defender to watch, like had a lot of talent. But this year he's just stepped up and he is playing... Great footy. Like he would have to be leading their best and fairest. I think. Oh, I'd say it would be close. I think Peter Wright probably Wright would be. There. Ridley be getting a few. But... Um, but I think even when our Essendon supporting friends who treat Redmond like a whipping boy have been speaking his praises, that's how you know the yeah. the switch has flicked. No. I said that correctly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, just great footy. Yeah, no, I um I have no problems with giving five votes. I really wanted to sneak him in. I probably could have sneaked him in, snuck him in over mm. Houston, but uh, the dices, dices. Oh my god. Jack, why are we doing this podcast at 10.30 at night? <laughs> uh, because we are unprepared. <laughs> Unprofessional. Um, my two special mentions that didn't get mentioned yet. Um, you already said Sicily, mm-hmm. uh, Lemons. Sicily. Onward, but, uh, Darcy Moore. Um, imagine if you let some of your defenders defend and Darcy Moore can play his natural game. Uh, my special mentions were Redman and Redman. Darcy Moore. Ah. Uh, and also Jake Lever. I had Tom Stewart in mine as well. Also Tom Stewart. Who, yeah, I think he got... Almost best on ground coaches' votes. Um, I don't trust those coaches' votes. No, no, me neither, because they know what role they're playing. Yeah. Like, if they've told them to do a job and they do it well, I think they get a benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. there, but I, I'm, we're going to give them the votes based on what we the game saw. they played, yeah. not the role they played. But um, yeah, we, we criticised him a bit early in the year. Um, I criticised him early in that game when it was close for I trying remember. to take a mark and over the goal line, which got that Finlayson goal, but. Outside of that moment, he just stepped up and played the Tom Stewart game. You gotta, you've got to scream when someone gives Finlayson a goal. It's awful, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's and Finlayson's keeping Dixon out of the team, which is something I never thought. Ah, he'll happen. be back this week. Um, you reckon he gets in this week? No chance. Finlayson stays in. By the time most people hear this podcast, he's probably already been announced in the team. Ah, <laughs> um, twenty four hours. One point I wanted to bring up was it was kind of funny you led into it before um, talking about Jones. Um, yeah, one. Is he vaccinated? Because I've seen a lot of talk no. about him getting picked up, and I was like, "Well, he can't. Like, if he's not vaccinated, the law still is in the AFL that you have to be double yeah. vaxxed at least." His, I think, his plan is to come in next season and hoping hope the that the vaccination changed. rules have been changed. Um, I think, based on what I've heard, he's burnt a few bridges at Carlton. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think Jacob Weedering does have a really strong friendship friendship with him, um, but I think that's gone. I don't think he can come back from that. And even if even if he did get vaccinated for next season, uh, it's it's a real struggle because he's he's past 30. He's probably got two more years in him, um, but I wonder if being out of the game and having to join a new system will be a big effect on him. And Young has come in, is playing well, and is, as his name suggests, is Young. Yeah, um, he is. He, he was picked up to be a... Backup. Which is crazy in the sense that um, obviously he wanted to leave, so it is a bit different. But how much would the Bulldogs be kicking themselves at the moment? You look at 
how much better they've been since Alex Keith has returned. Mm-hmm. How much better they might have been if they just had a key back yeah. for those weeks where they were struggling. It's a, it's an issue for Bevo because he just loves playing people out of position. It's very strange. And that was the reason he left. He didn't want to play Ruck. Yeah. And they were, they were making playing him Ruck more often than back. Um, um, and it's clear to me that defence is his position. Yeah. But it's just you look at they had those first two weeks when Keith was playing. Mm-hmm. They were unlucky. They had Melbourne and then Carlton. Mm-hmm. Melbourne are just good and Carlton were on a roll. And then they lost Keith and they lost to some teams that are not as good as them. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. And now Keith is back and they've challenged good teams and beaten the teams around their level. And you wonder if they might be currently in the eight had they had Keith all season or just a key defender. Potentially. Um, and it's a problem um, that a few clubs are facing. Um, North Melbourne are one, especially when Mackay goes down, their defensive stocks are just shot. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the reason, and again, why they're on. Well, they're not on the bottom of the ladder. But they might as well that's be. West Coast. Um, they've just they've just scored. I had less scored against them than West Coast. That's the uh, lucky them. <laughs> the, the big difference at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think a couple of recruiters, especially, I think Essendon are one as well. I think I'd have the Bulldogs, Carlton, Essendon, and North as teams that aren't taking their key stocks appropriately. After, like, for example, after Peter Wright and Harrison Jones, what do you have for Essendon and Aaron yeah, Francis? Jones really is back that. in the VFL this week, I think. So and I, I think he should be back in the AFL this week. I don't yeah. think they'll play him in VFL. I think they were suggesting they were going to, but it'll be interesting to see what they do because they no. need him. They yeah, need they, they really do. Um, and I think those four clubs especially need to sort out their tools. And they might all pick some up in the pre, uh, mid-season draft, sorry. I always think the problem with that that you find is that, like, good tools have already been taken. Like, that's the... And, and sometimes you do find them. But like more often than not, pre-season draft and supplementary draft, the tools are going to get nabbed. So it's always hard to find them in that circumstance. But I don't 100% agree because there's players like Ballenden from um, Brisbane who true, was yeah. best and fairest in, in the, their VFL team and got delisted because they had enough defensive stocks. And I think he's probably worth being on someone's list and um, could play best 22 footy this year. Absolutely. Um, and I also chance. think um, there's a couple of ruck forwards in the uh, the waffle, especially um, who could easily slot into all teams. Um, well, not all teams, but most teams, you're not getting a ruck forward in at St Kilda. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting. I think a couple of those players will definitely make an impact this year. But you're right, a lot of people do use it as like project investment. Grab them now before you have to use a pick in the draft. Um, Hawthorne, and, for example, and, with Newcomb. <laughs> and then delist whatever player you've put on the injury list because you're probably not keeping them. Yeah, there was one, um, it's funny, you mentioned a minute ago about Bevo playing players out of position. Crazy My favourite out of position play on the weekend was Harry Himmelberg starting in the goal square at fullback. Yeah. Um, and then just rebounding like mm. a, like he was meant to be there. And um, we talk about this all the time. Don't throw away a forward until you tried them in the back line. Um, I, I mean, Hilberg maybe isn't a throwaway forward anyway. He was no. quite good when they had forwards. When, they, don't, they don't have a lot of forwards. When Cameron was there and Finlayson was two, Hilberg was a really good number three. Mm-hmm. But he's now trying to be number one. He's number one with whoever they put Hogan down Hogan and... Yeah. Uh, Brander sometimes. No, no, no. I've forgotten his name and I think he's really good. Riccardi. Oh, of course. Yeah, when they play him. When they play him. Um, but yeah, he looked at home at fullback and there's a level to this, which is also a level to my next question is, was there any dead cat bounce there or was it just West Coast? Oh, no, it was just West just Coast. Just West Coast. I think there was a... They really played the worst against West Coast anyone has for a while. They were on track to set a record for the most 10-goal losses in a row. I mean, six in a row 
10 goal or more losses for West Coast, and it was 52 points, so they didn't get there. Um, Shame. But like, that's an awful record. Like, regardless of the awful stuff that had happened this year, that's still really poor. It's not great, and I think I think there is a little boost from uh, a couple of Giants players actually being played in position, Canelio and in, a couple in the middle? Of, a couple being changed <laughs> out of position. Um, <clears throat> I'm not too sure. I don't know how I feel about Mark McVeigh. We'll see how he goes. I don't weird think he, Essendon I, boys club coaches. Box. I, it's it's weird, especially because that club started with Sheedy. Yeah, it's Solomon like, heard McVeigh all in there. Do you reckon? And this is a wild like mm. conspiracy theory. There's obviously that portion of Essendon fans who want heard back no matter what. Yes. Do you think the AFL have a plan to move James Heard into senior coaching there to poach wayward fans into being GWS fans to boost that membership? Not a bad thought. Like it's 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 crazy. Um well, yeah, and it's gone conspiracy big brain, but Oh yeah. It is an interesting thought because you look at GWS and if you gave James Heard to any other club, the risk of them losing membership would be so high out of yep. their fans refusing to buy membership if James Heard was their coach. I would be out. But I would be a so club far like out. GWS with a lot of their memberships just being people who are buying it because it's GWS. Yep. Um, a lot of it being relatively newish AFL fans. Mm-hmm. GWS only came into the competition as the Essendon Supplement Saga was happening. So, you know, any young fans that joined wouldn't even know about mm-hmm. it. It might be a, a, if the AFL is trying to do it because I know I haven't actually read the Boys Club yet, but I know enough about it and a lot of the content in it that Heard was always a fall guy from the AFL. Like that was a, they needed a Patsy to punish for it, and he was it. That was the the problem. They convinced Essendon to self report, which is not self reporting because it means they'd already been caught. So but they convinced Essendon to self report so they could keep the investigation and punishment in house, which was only meant to be James Heard until Wada got involved and. It was, it was really it was really something um, I looked at the timeline the other day. It was like AFL clears Essendon of any Any wrongdoing, but James Heard must step down. <laughs> and then like a week later, it's like what I find them guilty. Yeah, it's it was, like, oh, okay, AFL, I see what you were doing there. Yeah, and if that was their thing to try to protect them, but Wada had just got in before Essendon self reported and yeah. could investigate it. But it does it does seem to have a ring to the AFL apologizing to James Heard for making him the full guy and then Botching it anyway. My thing is, I don't understand the want for him to get back into senior coaching so quickly we, when we, he hasn't done the hard yards. We talked about this last. Did we talk about it last a little week? bit? Because we said about how his coaching record wasn't great, but yeah, it does extend into that as well. That mm. the other coaches that have done that, that have had Ratten, that pathway, Voss. they go and do a second apprenticeship. Yeah, um, Voss is a Voss is a really perfect parallel to Heard though because. He did what Heard did, where he didn't do an apprenticeship. He did like one year, yeah, and went straight into coaching, and flubbed it. But then he went and did seven years at Port. But Heard hasn't even done community coaching or anything like that. All he's done is do some leadership courses in France and whatever. Yeah. And he's come straight back into the system as a assistant now for maybe six months. It's just not enough tenure. I worry it's going to just end the same way for him. Oh, not the same way, but like it's going to be a bit of a failure. Probably not going to end in a supplement scandal. But Well, could you imagine if it did? Oh, could you imagine incredible. the story? Imagine everyone would be like, maybe it wasn't Dank. Robbo's sitting like, on the couch <laughs> like, he did nothing wrong. <laughs> we find out it wasn't Dank. It was James Heard all along. Because like, Dank was originally just the you buy supplements from him mm. guy. And 
at Essendon, it was just that they bought illegal supplements from him, guy. I feel like I feel like Dank obviously had a word in it. Like, oh, but I, I, this, we're talking about something that doesn't even matter anymore. We should no, move off from this no, topic. That, that is true. But yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, I the think co- there might be a few coaching positions on the market next There's year. There's definitely going to be. I think Ken Hinckley has unfortunately saved his job. Um, and I'm not death riding him. I just think that Port I think should he has move to. on. Um, I think Simpson should get another year, but he did get the death knell of the, the uh, full, full support. support. I think Simpson should be given time to rebuild. I think so. Um, I think he's a very successful coach. People obviously say, oh, but it was just Sam Mitchell that got them the premiership, but they've been good for a Clearly while. Wasn't. They were good again the year after. Yeah. They made another prelim. Um, and I, th- I think they were even good, like, just before Sam Mitchell came in. Um, I don't I, know this what is year it really was, but one the of um, two times they've been bad. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Like genuinely, like they've they've been, they haven't finished. They finished top four, tw- bottom four twice, mm. including this year. They do it. Like that, that, they've got an incredible record as a club. They've finished finals all but five years in the history. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I just I just think Adam Simpson is too good a coach to throw away because of one heavily injury and COVID yeah. affected year. And some of the players clearly don't care and stuff like you can't you can't coach that until no. you try and get a full preseason into them, rebuild the club. It's it's going to be interesting. I think I think he might go, but I'd like he's to see a him risk. Stay. I think Rutten goes. I don't think he can stay. I don't see how he's going to keep him on after this year. Um, last year is now looking like a fluke. Um, yeah, that that they gave some effort against Richmond and still got belted. Like it's it's really hard. It, to, it really amounted to nothing. And Richmond I really had I Lambert did... and Lynch on the bench for the whole last quarter. <laughs> I really did enjoy watching Aaron Francis walk into six Richmond players and try and start a fight. It was just for show. <laughs> it was just for show. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go this week. Um, I don't actually know who they're playing, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, Port Adelaide in Adelaide. Uh, we'll I see. Remember that? I was thinking about it just earlier today, so I do remember that one. Yeah, Port in Adelaide. Um, I mean, if there's a team they could beat, it might be Port. Mm, depends. Do they have the key defender to take Dixon if he's back? Dixon no. if he's back slash another three keys if he's not. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Marshall and Georgiades are so athletic that they're just a bundle on their own. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And that's assuming Finlayson and goes out. A, a, so. As we've talked about earlier about Port being a much better side than they served up the first five weeks, mm. Port's midfield is very good. Oh, for sure. Um, it's just a, a strong midfield. It is. I don't know if you saw the statistics. It's going to be interesting to see how they go with their midfield age uh, because there's a huge gap in there, um, up from Boke in the 30s down to players in their 20s, and they've got no one in like the 28 to 25 well, bracket. I think so. Um, which is dangerous because once those top enders drop off and you've just got Wines and then some younger players... Um, not that I'm saying Willem Drew's bad. Mm. Um, he's been really good for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go once that ends. Maybe but I think both will go for a while. Butters and Rosie in the middle more often, and they could see. They've been starting to. They have been. Um, but that was a big problem they had for a while there. Mm. I, I think their kids are good, but it is that gap, isn't it? Like when the older players go, it will be a very young team all of a sudden, um, and not as much leadership there as, as there was before. So that does hurt them. Um, yeah. Even their backline's quite old. Um, in terms of the keys down there. Yeah, that's true. Um, they've got some good kids coming through. They played a couple earlier in the year when they were losing. Um, they're not the reason they lost, but um, I think they'll be all right. But I yeah. just don't know if Ken Hinckley is the man. But that's just my opinion. Uh, and a million Port supporters agree with me. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy. They do not like him. That uh, there's that thread on Bigfooty last week was a 
very anti-Ken train, wasn't it? That was some stuff. They're on to their fifth thread about sacking Ken Hinckley. Oh, Geelong's got a similar one. It's for... called it's called the Chris Scott thread four. It's like Rocky. <laughs> um, Chris Scott's going to end the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh every time I see it. I don't even bother clicking on it because, my goodness, I can't imagine the brain rot that happens in there. I've but, been in there a couple of times. Um, yeah, I, Hinckley's one. He, he, he will get another go. He's got, oh. he's got a gr- really good coaching record overall. Um, he's been rated by a lot of other coaches as very, very hard to coach against. He's clearly got a good football mind. Mm. It's just he's, it's that gap that he doesn't seem to be able to cover um, between them and the really good teams. And they've beaten some good teams in finals and prelims, but not been able to go... Well, not, not prelims. Not specifically prelims. not prelims. But <laughs> they've beaten some good teams in finals and not been able to one-up that. And quite often during the year, they struggle to beat the good teams in the home and away season and, and make it to the top on the back of just flat track bully in the bottom teams, which is what some good teams do, admittedly. Yeah. But it, it is is you do wonder how he takes that extra step with that team. Um, and it could just happen over an off-season, mm. um, which is why they probably will keep him on. Yeah, I mean, look, at Melbourne is the... People are going to look at Melbourne and Richmond now as teams where Richmond almost sacked Hardwick, Melbourne had a look into uh, Goodwin. Mm. And then they went on to one premierships, and yeah. they will be there for as long as they want, basically. Um, and, and even um, Clarkson. Uh, 2006 7, um, yeah. when Ken- Kenneth wanted him gone and then still wanted him gone for the next 15 years and finally <laughs> got his wish. <laughs> finally got his wish. But um, I think that that format now has made people kind of go, oh, maybe you do keep that coach that has maybe one or two bad years after some promising years it because is, is they might be the one that delivers your premiership. It's a danger though because you can end up with just a coach that's there for far too long and not doing anything. You can. And, and that's the. Uh, the should North have sacked Scott or not dilemma, isn't it? On one hand, yes, they should have. On the other hand, oh boy, they shouldn't it's have. It's not been good since. Uh, it wasn't great before. Um, it's It's been interesting for coaches this year. Uh, it'll be strange to see what goes on from here. I saw a few people suggesting after the GWS game that uh, <laughs> Chris Scott was doing somewhat of a uh, promoting himself as a good coach bit after the game about... Um, you know, how they changed their style on the game to outcoach GWS and had some kids come in last minute and was able to deal with that. And I was like, I, I highly doubt that's what's going on there. Like, he, he, didn't he just sign a two-year contract extension? It's going to be the new Ross Last Lyon. year. He's going to just ditch the club mid-year. He's going he's gonna to sack he's Jack up. Henry and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, run away to a different club. Oh, he'd take Dalhouse with him. That'd be his... That'd be good for, yeah, <laughs> for Geelong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like his, his Zach Dawson. He's going to take Dalhouse with him from club to club. No. Um, no, that'd be, uh, that'd be something else if that happened. But it's been a week. Uh, I think we're about done. I'm I done. need sleep. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I've got it. Um, that's, but th- that's the podcast. That's the podcast. I need you, sleep. You get some sleep too. Even if it's 7 a.m., go back to bed for a bit. Just You'll do feel it. better. You at work? Leave. Doesn't matter. Go to sleep. Go home. Sleep at your desk. Just sleep. say you're working so hard that you fell asleep. It's a, it's a, it's a, a tradition in Japan. Yeah, in Japan, it's a good thing. They smile upon it. <laughs> <laughs> your coach might... Coach? <laughs> Football brain. Yeah, imagine any AFL player listening to this absolute fucking dribble. Oh, I mean, Jordan Clark was on. <laughs> Brody got 10 seconds into the first episode and quit. Yeah, he heard himself called the Peewee champion. He left. <laughs> uh, we'll see you all next week. Enjoy round 11. Bye.